Hey guys, GBC podcast number 31. I'm Courtney Wise. I'm Shane Blakenship. Okay, friend, let's talk about praying today. I think we can never talk too much about this. Mm -mm. Like exactly how to pray. Yeah. Um, And I think if you're dealing with something difficult, which we all are, um, how to arm yourself against like the flaming arrows. You know, Mm -hmm. what's the strategy we can go to the Lord with? Yeah. Um, well, I think when it comes to prayer, there's a, there's a whole bunch to talk about. And so, yeah, I guess, you, you know, you can never talk so, you know, too much about prayer. Um, I think prayer should be genuine for one. Yeah. Um, and it should, it should be genuine from the heart. And I, I say, I think that, um, scripture teaches that, you know, it, it, um, there's something different between a genuine prayer that's coming from the heart than a rehearsed prayer, than a mantra, um, if you will, that you just say over and over again. Uh, not that there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but if that's all your prayer consists of, um, you know, what, one of the, you know, the, uh, thank you for this food, or I, I don't even know the, the God is good, God, God is great. great. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like one of those prayers. Um, it's great to teach children with, but if you haven't grown out of that and that's still your, your, your prayer, I think there's a problem, <laughs> you know. There's definitely a faith problem there. Guilty. Marshall, Marshall prays um, the Lord's Prayer every night. He can pray other than the Lord's Prayer, but most of the time when um, I pray with him, I pray from the heart, if you will, and then he does the Lord's Prayer. Aww. And then Hannah comes in, and then she'll pray with him, and then he usually does not follow up with the Lord's Prayer. He usually prays like, Hey, God, it's just, me. Yeah, exactly. And for whatever is on, whatever, you know, whatever the little five-year-old boy is thinking Aww. about and thinking of and, you know, obviously what he's been influenced with through through me and his mom. So, um, but but yeah, he still prays that, that Lord's Prayer. Well, I pray the Lord's Prayer probably almost every time I pray, just a version of it, you know? Um, I say almost every time I pray, almost every time I pray in private. Um, when I'm not you know, on the stage or something mm-hmm. like that, praying, praying for others, praying publicly. But in my personal prayer life, there is a version of that because I'm trying to take Jesus's example. When you pray, pray like this. Pray like this. Uh-huh. Um, and so I don't think that is necessarily a prescription of pray these exact words. This is the only way to pray. Mm-hmm. And I think He was giving us a guide of how to pray, um, and the most powerful and effective prayer that I think that we can pray is when we're praying in accordance with his word in, in accordance with how we've been taught to pray in the text. Well, I personally love it when I'm praying with someone and they're quoting the mm-hmm. Bible. They're like, you know, Lord, you know, you know that in your word you say this and mm-hmm. then whatever, whatever it is. And I, I'm like, if I could just get there, I'm, you know, I'm not great at memorizing mm-hmm. scripture. I can, I have a couple words where, and then I'll remember kind of like what it says, but I'm like, God doesn't care if I memorize it. I think he knows like where I'm going. But if I'm taking God's word and praying strategically about that, um, and then asking him if that's his word, I mean, I'm kind of asking you here, is that no, no, I think, I, absolutely, I think so. And I've been thinking a lot about this. I've been, um, I guess I've been thinking a lot about this because I've been having to do a lot of this. Um, I've, so I've got a friend right now who is battling COVID. Yes. Um, and, um, I mean, he's my best friend. And um, so I'm really close to him and his family and have known them for, for a really long time. And uh, more than 20 years. So, obviously, there's a lot of prayer taking place right now um and people are praying a lot of a lot of scriptures i think um and um so there's been opportunity to uh, i guess minister to 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 even uh, members of his family that i wouldn't normally be around and talking to and and kind of walking through this whole prayer thing and 
Um, and I've had multiple conversations with other people about it. Like, you know, when you're trying to pray and claim the promises of God. And a conversation that I had with actually one of our deacons um, this past week, when we were when, basically because I would reach out to him and said, hey, would you, would you please join me in praying, praying for, for him? Because um, it's not getting better, it's mm-hmm. getting worse. Um, but I know that God's, God's hand is on this. And so just asking for extra prayer. And so we got to talking. And um, Hannah had sent um, some, some, um, some passage, basically, that this sickness will not end in death. Um, and she said, you know, I'm, I'm believing this right now for him, and I'm praying this for him. And so anyways, I was talking to um, this, this deacon about it, and I was like, you know, um, I want to pray that, and I, wanna, I want to believe that. At the same time, there is a part of me that I want to be really careful, that I don't send that out to a family member yes. and say, this sickness will not end death. Because I don't know that. Well, so that's actually a, a good follow-up question, Shane, for me to ask you. Is like, so, so if we're going to strategically pray about something mm-hmm. and we're going to use the words in the Bible to yep. repeat back to God, um, at what point do you proclaim something that's actually not in His will? That, that, so that's the thing. So um, we should pray His word. We should know His word. We should we should pray in accordance with His word, in alignment with His word. But God's word and God's will are. The will part is not always clear. It, yes, right? it's gray. Um, it may not be precisely his will that he that he lives. Um, it was precisely God's will for someone in the Bible <laughs> um, that, hey, this sickness will not end in death. I'm going to do something mm. for that person, but it wasn't for Paul. So, like, you can't, al- yeah, you can't always apply the exact s- scenario, mm-hmm. to, but but you can still. I guess ask. I guess, I guess you could still say like, "Hey, you healed this person. Yep. God, you know, we're we're begging you for a miracle." Yeah, that's exactly what what I think. What you have to do because so so what does Paul do? Um, Paul with the thorn in his flesh. Remember, yes. Um, you know, we have no idea, and there's no sense in even going into to all the the things that some scholars think because I mean, their thought of what it could be is as good as anybody's thought of what it could be. I mean, no one knows um, what it was that was ailing him, but it was something that was so bad. And it was so burdening. It was so um, painful, if mm-hmm. you will, that he is pleading with God. And he is making it known to whom he is writing in that moment that I pleaded not once, not twice, but three times with the Lord. Take this from me. Mm-hmm. He does not want to carry it. He does not want to live with it anymore. He is suffering from it, right? God did not take it from him, and did God he? says, um, I won't take it from you. And he says, I will show you that my grace is sufficient for you. And that's what, and Jesus replies to him, you know, it's not just, um, although I believe God, the father, God, the Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they're all one. But I think it's interesting if you read it, um, um, in, you know, in, in a paper Bible that the words will be highlighted in red, um, for the words of Jesus. Jesus spoke and, that. and so, um, you know, the son is replying, nope, I'm going to show you something. My grace is sufficient for you. Mm-hmm. I will not take this pain and suffering, but I will show you that I can bring you through it and I can do something in the midst of it. So when you, when you look at that, it is not God's will to heal him of whatever it was that he was suffering from, right? Um, his will instead was something even greater. I'm going to show you that my grace is enough. My grace is sufficient, that you don't need the healing of this. You need my grace. That's what you need. So what's the ask? Like, so let's just get really personal with you. You're, you're on your knees and you're praying for your friend. Mm-hmm. 
and you're not sure which way it's going to go, but you're trying to use the words in the Bible because we know that's what we're supposed yep. to do. That's right. How do you say? So that so that's exactly what I think we do. Uh, so I think that you know we we pray, or this is how I do it, anyways. Um, is that we we pray those truths, those promises of God, um, and kind of like what you were talking about earlier with um, Lord, you said this in your word, mm-hmm. and so I'm asking for it. Um, but ultimately, it comes down to, and I don't say it like this, but Jesus does a, a great demonstration of this in the garden. But not as I will, but your you will, will be done. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and so and that's ultimately it. And so at the same time, I'm asking God align my wants with your wants, my desire with your desire, um, and help my will be in accord with your will, because ultimately your will is going to prevail, right? Um, so I'm asking for this, and it's okay. Present your request, your your request to God. Make your request known to God. We're commanded to do that. So it's okay to bring Him anything. Um, it becomes powerful when you're able to declare and stand in His Word, and then when you have these. I know it's not magic. This is probably the wrong terminology, but these magical moments yeah. when the word and the will align. Yes. Right? No, that is magical, and that, it could be something super small. Something, yeah, absolutely. But something powerful happens mm-hmm. when those, and it is this, it is this effective, powerful prayer. Well, and it's like a faith binder. You're like, absolutely. Oh, okay, I got it, I got it, God. And it's just a tiny thing. This is a much bigger thing in your life, and and so so many people out there are struggling with someone in the hospital with COVID. Mm-hmm. or um, just any sort of sickness when you just don't know which way it's going to go. And, and I think it goes back to last week how we, you were talking about um, the trapeze moment, you know, those times in between when you're like just jumping out on faith. So I think having a good prayer life is um, key mm-hmm. to getting through those. But um, I think we do have to be careful about like proclaiming something over somebody's life because we're, we're not prophets. No, no. Well, I mean, I guess to some sense, um, instance, yeah, we are. I mean, um, um, you know, a, a, to prophesy is to declare what God has said. The problem is, is when we're declaring something that God has said and He ain't said it, right? Like, like telling the future, or yeah, or telling the future, or or just proclaiming His word over something. Gotcha. Like the sickness will not end in death. Okay, okay. Well, if you don't, if God did not reveal that to you, and He. You just made that up, or you're hoping that, or you're claiming that, or you're believing for that, um, but it is not so, then, then I mean, you're, you're being a false prophet to declare it, for one. And and so that's why I say, hey, I think we have to be careful sometimes of what we're proclaiming. If you don't know that God said that, if he didn't really say it, yeah. you should not say it. Because well, you're going to do more damage than you are good. It's so true. I'm, well, earlier, you know, we Shane and I have both been in Elijah because I'm doing a Bible study on Elijah, which I'm finished with, by the way. But I think that you're preaching on it this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, you said Elijah's really good at this. Yeah, I think he's a master at it. I think, he, I think Elijah is a master at... Um, walking in, in God's word and praying um, his word. You know, James tells us that um, he prayed and, and shut up the, the sky. Well, if you look at 1 Kings, he doesn't pray. He just declares it. Um, so James gives us a little bit more insight of, of what was going on um, in the background. And um, so so that first declaration in, 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 um, in 1 Kings 17, verse 1, when he basically says, you know, it's neither going to do nor rain. Um, except by my word. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's not random. It's not. It's not random. It's not Elijah sitting around thinking about, hey, how can we punish Ahab, this evil king, and his evil wife Jezebel? They've made Baal worship a state-sponsored religion. Essentially, you know, you know, what can we do to stick it to him? Yeah. I don't think he's sitting around trying to come up with that, and I don't think he's praying, 
God, just destroy them. Just you know, show them justice, you know. Um, vindicate your people. When he makes that claim that he makes about the rain shutting up, it's not random. It's from Deuteronomy. It's at least from Deuteronomy chapter 11. I'm pretty sure verse 16. Um, and it mentions again in Deuteronomy 23. So the, the word of God, the law of God, as he's preparing them to enter the promised land, God says, look, be careful that you don't turn away from me and start worshiping these false gods. So God gives them a heads up. Hey, there are, there's, there is um, idol worship in this land. Mm -hmm. And don't, don't fall into it. Well, one of them at that time still is Baal. And Baal, they claim to be the god of rain. The mm -hmm. God of fertility, which is sex, and it's also the fertility of the field, the produce of the field, which ultimately makes him the God of riches. Um, God says, be careful that you don't turn away and worship these gods. So that's just one of the many that they worship, right? Because if you do, God says, I will shut up the heavens and it will not rain and the land will not produce um, a yield and you will die in the land that I'm giving you. Mm. So God declared that. I think Elijah ultimately sees the writing on the wall at this point. And go, hey, we've gone from, you know, s spots, if you will, of Baal worship in the land to state-sponsored. Like everybody's doing it. And Elijah goes, I can tell you what's going to happen next. Matter of fact, I'm going to declare it in the name of the Lord. It will not rain. And he is so bold to say until I say it will <laughs> rain. He is so, um, so bold. I said that a million times in my Bible study. But real fast, let me interrupt you. Um, he he knows the word of God. Absolutely. Like he yep. knows it like he knows it in his sleep probably. Yep. Absolutely. And I think that's something that we probably need to realize is that like he, it didn't come out of thin air. He that's wasn't right. like, hey, mom, I woke up and this is what was revealed to me. Like he's quoting past scripture mm -hmm. that he knew was going to happen at that time and place. Yes, and his obedience, I think, is powerful in it. So he's always, so, so you know, where I think he is a master is, yes, he knows that word, so he's able to declare and pray, obviously, he's praying because James tells us he prays, so he's able to pray and declare the word of God, and he's a master at that word and will lining up, mm -hmm. of what God's will is in that moment, um, and to, to walk, to, to be in God's will, um, very simply. I know that this doesn't, doesn't play out simply, but very simply is to walk in it, to walk in his way. So then the Lord, word of the Lord comes to Elijah. That's the next verse. And he says, go to, and without it in front of me, I can't pronounce the word. I have to, I got to look at it and read it to be able to do it. But this, basically this ravine, this valley. You're going to oh, go by, um, something, yeah, or maybe I thought it started with a K. Oh. Anyways, but okay. maybe, maybe Cherith. Um, but anyways, go to this place. You're going to drink from the brook. And I'm going to, I've already directed ravens to bring you food. And so there's, there's a whole bunch there. Um, but, and then he goes. And here's something powerful. And then he stays there. He goes there and he stays there. Why does he stay? Because God ain't said go again. Well, yeah, and he stays for like 200 or 300 days, right? Probably. I, I mean, mean he, it's a well, long time. It says, uh, you know, how long does it take for the brook to dry up? Well, I don't know. How deep was it? How long would it take uh, the the Mississippi River to dry it's up? It's more than a week. Know. More than a week. Exactly. <laughs> Um, he goes there and he stays there until God says, go again. Mm -hmm. And when God says, go again, the next passage says, and he went. Like, he is moving on his word. He is he is walking in his word. If God says, go, he goes. If he says, stay, he stays. Um, so, like, guys, here here's the thing. The, the, the way that this podcast works is that Shane can connect all the dots because you're trained to do that. Like, that's yeah. what you do. Um, I just personally think it's interesting that I can know exactly what you're talking about because I just did a Bible study mm -hmm. on it. But then you tell me that James 
talks about what we're just talking about and I didn't even know that but now I'm going to go back in James just to make sure that I can like remember it you know but I guess my point is is like be in the Bible even if you're a little confused even if you don't feel like you know what you're talking about be in the Bible and know God's words and then you pay attention to someone like Shane who can connect all the dots for you (laughs) well here I'll let you know a little secret I didn't I didn't I didn't remember that James talked about Elijah until yesterday. Oh, well, now I'm yesterday. disappointed. No, but, but I, but that's, it's, it's, you know, I mentioned before we started recording that the the message kind of took a different turn yes. than, than I was expecting um, because I read James. So um, my friend that's in the hospital, his brother contacted me and he said, um, and we haven't apparently tasted it in a really long time because he's like, hey, is this your number? And I had oh. his number saved. Yeah. Um, and um, he said, I, I need to ask you something. And he said, my dad is, re- so not only is it my, my best friend, but also his mom and dad are in the hospital. And with COVID? With COVID, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, and he says, um, other than me, no one else knows this. I probably shouldn't say it on here in case someone's listening that knows who I'm talking about. Um, but uh, basically, a situation seemed to be worse or maybe worse than what it is. I, sorry, I, I can't go into this, y'all. I'm sorry that I'm being vague. But basically, he says, my dad is trying to get me up, up there to see my mom and anoint her with oil and pray over her. I know the Bible tells us to do this with the sick, but I've never done anything like that. Could you point me in the right direction of some scripture to pray over her? And I said, absolutely. James chapter 5, because that's where that's at. So I know where that's at. James is James is a great little book to go through if you just want to know some instruction kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, all of James's instruction, basically. Uh, do this, do this, do this, do this. Don't do this, do this, do this. Um, no James 5. We're commanded to pray for and anoint the sick with oil. By the way, though, Mark chapter 6, verse 13, talks about the disciples doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's an there's a example in the Gospels where... You know, we're being told that they had gone out and anointed the sick and they, they saw healing. So, and basically I said, there's not so much a scripture that I would recommend to use in prayer except for James. Um, and uh, except for James, to be honest, the way I usually do it. And again, this is, this is, this is the way I do it. I mean, maybe the way I taught, learned, or got comfortable with, it's, it's not prescriptive by any means. I said, I take the oil on my finger, make the sign of the cross on the person's head. And I usually leave my oil, my oil anointed hand there while I pray too. Uh, the anointing represents a covering of the Holy Spirit. I think of the Old Testament when they anointed prophets and kings, they literally poured oil over the head. Oh, like, wow. Just they covered them in it. oil. Exactly. Because that's the whole idea of the anointing. Um, so, you know, maybe that's the proper quote <laughs> way to do it. But anyways, the anointing, I know what it represents. It represents the covering of the Holy Spirit. And I usually read from James when I pray, or I quote from James when I pray. And I usually say something along the lines of, Lord, you said. Yeah. You said through your servant James, that if any of you is sick, should call the elders of the church, anoint the person with oil, and pray, um, and they would be healed of their sickness. So so basically, I'm just declaring his word back to him. And then I also pray something along the lines of, I know that this isn't magic or manipulation, right? I don't. I know that because I'm doing this, doesn't mean that I'm going to get what I want, mm-hmm. as, if I can, as if I can manipulate God mm-hmm. um, or strong-arm God somehow. But I'm coming to you in faith, and with faith, trying to trying to be obedient to what you've said and asking that you would heal. Well, this is the best example of prayer that I've ever heard. Hmm. Well, thanks. So that's really good. <laughs> so you've kind of given us a couple of things. So using God's word, mm-hmm. but then making sure that it lines up with his will mm-hmm. um, as far as a strategy. And, you know, e- even going through something like physical, like with your hands, like anointing someone with oil, like I've never done that before. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I don't think we always have to do that. And, and again, I mean, you know, James, he says, call the elders of the church. Right. Well, if you're calling the elders of Greenwood, if you look at it by bylaws, well, I'm the only one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, so so then you get into semantics of elders, but I don't think that's even necessarily the point. I mean, I think it's the responsibility of the believers. The disciples are doing it, and they're mm-hmm. not in that moment. Mm-hmm. They're not elders at all. They're just followers of Jesus. So that's why I think the Matthew six is important. Um, and then what's what example does James use after he starts talking about praying and sick? Elijah. He goes, oh, and by the way, Elijah. And he uses the whole situation and that's when he closed up the sky. Like reminded. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> so it kind of it kind of brought me back to that. Um, totally. And, and brought me back full circle because I already wanted to lean into, you know, Elijah's prayer life and his faithfulness, and you know, it's powerful and it's effective. And elsewhere in the text, um, doesn't it say that the the um, the powerful, effective prayer of a righteous person or a righteous man availeth? That's the King James Version avails much that it's effective. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's a there's a power and it's effective to it. Uh, the righteous man. Well, there's only one righteous is Jesus. So we better be sure that we're praying in Jesus' name. Um, so then what does it look like to pray in his name? Well, that's, now let's come back full circle. That's praying his word. Mm-hmm. His in his will. will. Yep. Um, and I, let's not forget the importance of praying with more than one person. Absolutely, yeah. Praying in unity and in in accord. I mean, that's exactly what that's exactly what happens when um, when James and John are put into prison. What do they do? The church went to praying together. They gathered together and they prayed together. Um, and I don't even think that they they must have not had the faith or for what they were praying because when Peter stands at the door, they can't believe it's him. It's like, no way. You know, the girl shuts the door and is like, no, I'm Well, I'll be. Prayer works. (laughs) You know, he's here. Um, But that's what they did. And yeah, absolutely. I think praying in unity, praying in one accord, praying together, um, there's something powerful about that. And again, I I don't think it is prescriptive in the sense of, you do this, God will do this. Well, do you remember a couple weeks ago, I don't know if you said it in a message or in our podcast, but you said like, the, I, I'm probably going to say this wrong, like the Greek word or the Latin word for rocks was Petra. Uh-huh. And that's actually means Peter. Or well, Peter uh, means. Yeah. So uh, Petros. Yes, um, Petros. Is Peter, mm-hmm. um, which is a, like a big rock. Mm-hmm. Petra is, um, it's a whole bunch of rocks that have been combined together, cemented together. Well, when you just were talking, when you were just talking about prayer, made me think like when we do pray out loud together, it's sort of in my mind makes me think that's what seals us together. Mm -hmm. You know, like is having that kind of like togetherness. And I guess it is a form of fellowship and you're, Mm -hmm. you're, you're together on one thing asking, like, there's just no way he can't hear us when we're together praying on something. (laughs) There's just no way. So I think there's your prescription for some serious prayer. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Thanks, Shane. That was good. Have a great day, everybody. Yeah, we'll see you next time.